Do you want Spears and Ali unchained, unfiltered, uncensored? If you like the live show on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 94.9 HD, Channel 4, and the ESPN Tucson mobile app, then you'll love Spears and Ali Overtime, where we discuss sports, culture, movies. And enough with the gratuitous cussing, Justin. I mean, you don't have to always use words like and and go yourself. It's Spears and Ali Overtime. Subscribe, rate, and comment on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. Spears, I like that. With Justin Spears and Ali Farhang on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4, ESPN Tucson. Brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union, the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans, and Rightway Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. Ben White, Mike Luke hanging out with you today. With you for another hour or so. Mike Luke is here. He is back in the studio. And uh, we will continue the conversation, Mike Luke, with the uh, the great Kevin Woodman. Hello, Kevin Woodman. How are you? Good. What's going on? All Just right, Kev, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, NBA. I know that you were watching the NBA All-Star game with bated breath. I know that's one of your favorite <laughs> events in the world. Um, at what point are we just kind of done with these kind of stuff? Like where nobody's really watching it outside of Kevin Woodman, who's like a sports fanatic. Yeah, uh, I did. Uh, I did not watch it. I uh, heard about it though, and it, it, it's just uh, we've jumped the shark here. The NFL, the NFL did the smart thing and got rid of it. No one was tackling. No one was running. No one was jumping. Um, it's embarrassing to the league. It's uh, do do something else. You know, I don't know. Maybe you know the rookie game is not a bad idea because those guys are are still filled with uh, piss and vinegar and. And I don't know. The slam dunk contest is great. Three point shooting contest. People tune in for that. But it's just it's god awful. And it's you're you're actually hurting the game now. And I get it. I mean, I understand why guys you know don't want to play defense. You don't want to get hurt. And half the time, the guys you're playing against, you all share a you share an agent or you share something. So I mean, how much defense are you really going to play in a game that does not matter? You're not playing for anything. So yeah, they got to get rid of it. It's 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 horrible. Not only it'd be one thing if. If it got great ratings, but it doesn't. No one watches. And I think people don't watch because they're embarrassed for their game. Uh, yes, I would agree with that. Now, Kevin, as a longstanding Lakers fan, uh, Justin and uh, uh, Justin and uh, Ali, both Lakers fans as well, uh, many Lakers fans out there, um, do you uh, – what, what is the status of the Los Angeles Lakers now? Does it bother you that the Phoenix Suns are better? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, Mike. I, I I spend long winter evenings uh, pondering <laughs> what the Lakers can do to pass the the Phoenix Suns, and then I stop and count the championship banners, and that helps me a lot. That gets me through a lot of the a lot of the tough times. But it um, certainly has crossed your mind here. that my team is better than your team, and I know that can't sit well with you. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> no, your team is yes. I will give you that. Your team is better than than my team currently. Yes, I will. I will grant you that. But uh, you know, uh, once. Uh, once uh, once all this goes away, as far as the Suns go, because you know you know that uh, uh, Durant's going to leave, and it's all going to be a crap show here in the next couple of years, because that's just what the Suns do. Um, not, I'm not saying that the Lakers right now are any better, um, but yeah, I'm I'm okay with. I, look, I, I I have sort of not disowned the Lakers, but I have stepped back a little bit until LeBron is gone, because I have such a dislike for him. Um, but again. It doesn't change the fact that I think he's just a remarkable player. What he's doing at his age is absolutely remarkable. It it might be yeah. the thing that separates him, you know, from the you know. I think it's it's a shiny addition to his resume, 
when you go to compare what he was doing at his age to what Jordan was doing. I mean, if you're going to have those comparisons and that conversation, LeBron's clearly winning that part of it, you know. Um, but the Lakers this year are I've, – I've stepped back until LeBron is gone because I've just heard too, heard too many things, read too many things, just about he's become such a diva, and yep. it's, uh, it's not the Lakers anymore. It's the, it's the LeBrons, and, and I, I resent that. So I'm kind of looking forward to when LeBron retires, and that's probably not going to be for another two or three years. So Probably not going to be for another 20 years. He's 39, Kevin, and he's still good. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, that'll be God's way of testing testing my patience. But, yeah, this year, and then, you know, this year, they're, this year they're, they have no depth. I think they go, like, four deep. They have no depth this year, and, and people are getting all excited. I just, yeah, it's not happening this year. It's not, and while LeBron is there, it's not going to happen because LeBron's too involved in picking out players, and, and, and no one's going to want to go there because LeBron has completely ruined the environment. And I, I just feel that the culture there, you need to get back to what Jerry West. I mean, think about this. Uh, LeBron was part of the group that thought it was better not to have Jerry West around. Not to have Jerry West around. Would you like Jerry West around, or would you not like know? Jerry West around? You know, we're going to decide. We're going to decide to not have Jerry West around. I mean, how stupid are you? And so I've just sort of, uh, I've sort of given up on the Lakers. Not given up on them. They're still my team. I still root for them. But man, it's tough. It is tough. Let's talk about the team across the street. Uh, they're actually going to be moving to Inglewood next year. The Clippers, Kev, they look like they could be the best team in the NBA. Uh, do people even care there Clippers. that the Clippers are doing well? Clippers look fantastic. Yeah, they look fantastic. They absolutely look, look fantastic. They, I, 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 uh, I really, I've seen them play. What I wanted them to play a uh, game last week. I think they were playing Minnesota, um, and they just look. They look absolutely fantastic. And you know, I, I don't like, uh, I don't like Leonard. I think he's, uh, I think he's one of the things that's wrong with uh, basketball. But man, that whole team collectively, that is, a, that's a fun team to watch. I, I'm very curious. I, I think the best thing the Clippers have done, maybe since they've become the Clippers, is get the hell out of whatever arena they happen to be sharing at the time with the Lakers. I really think this is a great move for them to get out because, look, it's a fun team. It's, it's going to be a fun team with Bomber there. I think it's going to be a well-run organization. And uh, uh, But you do not want to play the Clippers um, in the playoffs. The West is going to be an absolute monster to get through. And some poor team is going to get matched up with the Clippers in the first round. And, yeah, you're in for an ass-kicking. That team, as much as it pains me to say, um, the Clippers look fantastic. Kevin, outside of Billy Crystal, are there really actual Clippers fans in Los Angeles? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I think that the I think they've come around, but I think it's only because they've gotten good lately. Billy Crystal seems to me Billy goes Billy goes back to the days of of Bill Walton and World to Be Free when they were the the San Diego Clippers. You guys probably don't remember that, but they used to be the San Diego Clippers when Bill Walton Bill Walton played for the uh, the San Diego Clippers and World to Be Free and Oh, they had some. They had some guys on their team that were just, you know, ninety-seven years old and just horrible. But no, Billy Crystal, I think, is the oldest and uh, probably most known. Oh, what about the kid, uh, the, the sitcom kid? Uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Crap. Um, shoot. Anyway, yeah, there's some other sitcom kid that apparently uh, is quite like the Haley Joe fan, Osment but, uh, or something. Uh, no. Shoot. I don't remember. It's not worth knowing, but that just shows you how famous he is. So. It's not worth knowing. Um, I, will, I want to ask you guys, though, going back to Arizona basketball, what else should I be worried about with this Arizona basketball team? Uh, 
getting bounced early. Uh, here, here's the problem with this Arizona <laughs> well, basketball team. That's my concern. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I, Kevin, you asked for in-depth uh, analysis. You just got it. Um, my main concern with this Arizona Wildcats team is that where do you um, – listen, Tommy Lloyd is fantastic. I much prefer him to Sean Miller, um, obviously. Yes. But the one thing, though, that about this team is that he's played four NCAA tournament games, and quite frankly, they've looked like poo in, like, in seven of the eight halves. They were tied against – when they yes. were one seed, they were tied against Wright State – um, in the or in the first round is a one in sixteen. Then they barely beat TCU, a game they probably should have beat or probably should have lost. Then they lost they lost by three thousand two hundred forty two points to Houston. And then the following year they lost to Princeton. So that's the big concern I think with Lloyd's squad is that Lloyd obviously is a really good coach, but so far it's not been pretty in the postseason. Kev, that's kind of where I'm at. You'd like to think that uh, that he could learn a lesson from those. Uh, lack of preparation, or uh, maybe he doesn't even see it that way. Maybe he just thinks his team got caught on a bad day. You'd like to think not, but that's a great point, Mike. I I agree with you. Yeah, Ben, I see Ben nodding his head and Ben uh, flagging me down wanting to make a comment. Ben, what, do you, Ke- what did you want to say, Ben? Yeah, what do you Kev, got, ben? are you going to miss the uh, Pac-12 tournament? Because this is the last one in Vegas for one. And then second part question is, what are some of Uncle Kev's activities when he goes to Vegas, uh, perhaps in years past, for this tournament? Um, I am not going to go to uh, the tournament. I am going to miss. I'm going to miss everything about the Pac-12. You know, it's funny. I I didn't really uh, I didn't really embrace the Pac-12, and you know, I didn't just because you got so tired of defending it because it was your conference. You know, it's sort of like someone picking on your kid. Hey, this is my conference. Uh, but I'm not going to go to the tournament. I am not a gambler, but I, I love Vegas because Vegas is probably the people capital watching of the world, or people watching capital of the world. And I love the people watch. I'm a big. Uh, there are some great bars. I love bars. And I love food, um, and so when I go to Vegas, I go from bar to bar, restaurant to restaurant, uh, people watching to people watching, and uh, that's what I do in Vegas. It's uh, uh, Vegas is a great spot. I, uh, Uncle Kev is uh, tremendously entertained, and I've probably bet less than a hundred bucks my entire life while I've been in Vegas. I'm just uh, I'm uh, gambling holds uh, holds no appeal for me whatsoever. So, but that's what I that's what I like to do. But basically, bar hop. You guys know me. It's who am I kidding? It's basically I like to bar hop. Now, are you gonna now as far as uh, as far as uh, March Madness though, Kevin? You got a little bit of coin in on this, or are you gonna be uh, betting a little bit? Maybe bet on your UCLA Bruins? Absolutely not. I, uh, you know me, Mike. You've seen my brackets. You've seen the skill I have. With, yeah, they uh, suck. With uh, picking, yeah, it's horrible. It's it's absolutely horrible. Um, so I absolutely not will be betting on. I will. Be, hey, I did finish third in my uh, college uh, football. Uh, pick them that uh, we've done since uh, eight, 1989. I finished third this year. That's the uh, third. That's the third time I've, I've finished third, uh, and there were out of 27 people. So I did quite well. I was in the money this year for college football. I could pick college football. I could not pick college basketball. You've seen it. It is a crap show when I pick uh, on my bracket. So no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put good money after bad. So absolutely not. You, you mentioned college football. Where are we at then with the uh, – so it looks like the Big Ten, you're one of your favorite conferences. I despise the Big Ten. And uh, the SEC, um, it seems like they're forming like a su- – almost gonna, they're forming like a super conference, and they're trying – and is this just a way to try to box Arizona out of the national championship uh, picture? Oh, yes. I, yeah, I'm sure that's what they talked about behind closed doors. Hey, we got to get Arizona. They're, they're too big. we got to cut them down to size. The thing, I, the thing I, I 
and you can call me an old man. I feel no problem with that. But I can't be alone in this. You guys probably no. You guys probably don't feel this too. But this whole uh, uh, name, likeness, and image thing, and 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 paying kids, and I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem paying kids any of that. But this whole ability to transfer now anywhere you want to go was is has completely. It used to be that you had to that I could keep track of a college team for really four years. And by the time those kids, that class got to be seniors, you knew, like that Notre Dame team, all those seniors were coming and they were playing that Miami team, you know, and they were all seniors. And the rivalry was unbelievable. And, and the, the, it, it just felt fantastic. Well, now I, I could be rooting for a kid who's my quarterback who could play for three other teams, four other teams by the time he's done. And so there's no really way to get rivalries anymore. I mean, really, uh, the rivalry is not the rivalry is, is 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 really between players, not just because you know Oklahoma's playing you know Texas. It should be because you know your senior year you got to you know you've lost to Texas three times or you've lost UCLA or you know you've lost Arizona State or whatever. This whole ability to go whatever school you want is, I think, really I think I don't know if it's hurting the game because ratings are up, but it sure does it sure does uh, I think kill a little bit of the sexiness of the game. What do you guys think? So with that being said, Kev, I guess what would the solution or proposal be on your end, and how does that factor into coaches? Because I think the pushback you get with that argument is anybody's going to say, well, a coach can leave anytime they want to. So how, how would you go about that? Do you know why a coach can leave anytime he wants? This argument drives me insane. Do you know why a coach can leave anytime he wants? Because he's a grown-ass man, and it's a job. If you want to start considering this as a job for these students, you know what that's going to entail? And they're not going to go go for it. You're going to pay taxes. So just ask the students if you want to pay taxes. There's a difference, there's a difference between a grown-ass man and a job who is taking his skill set like a plumber or a doctor or a lawyer and moving around because he can get a better job and more pay because he pays taxes than there is between a kid who has no – this isn't his job. This is school. And, and now, granted, you can it, – uh, I realize that it's not really school. Those kids are there to play football. But there's a huge difference between a coach uh, wanting, wanting to move from job to job and a kid wanting to move from job to job. And I'm not saying I'm – look, I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm just saying that I don't think it's doing – I don't think it's serving the game well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, again, here, here's where I'm at with the transfer thing. I, I know yeah, go ahead. I believe that I believe that anybody should – I believe that first transfer should be free um, for whatever reason, like, you know, vibe with the coach, uh, new coach leaves, yep. you just don't want to be there, et cetera, et cetera, and you don't have to sit out. But after that, I think you need to start sitting out. I don't, I'm not cool with basically every year you're on – here on another team and then like you'll get quarterbacks like this will be his fourth team in four years that to me is kind of silly i believe in the one transfer i have no problem with that where you don't have to sit out but after that i think you gotta start sitting out a little bit kev well now they're transferring just because they're getting more money i mean it's crazy the yeah. the the transfer portal is you've, i've never seen anything like it i mean there's thousands and thousands of kids uh, players and it's just it's it's crazy, and and to answer your question, Ben, I don't know what my solution would be. I just know that this isn't it. I think it's going to hurt the I, I think it's going to hurt the sport long term because you know Caleb Williams could have come in and played for two more teams, you know, and gotten more money, and you know, I, you this, he could have been playing for Louisville. 
We've been talking about we've been talking about Caleb Williams, the projected number one pick in the draft. Is he can't miss? And again, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier in the week. Ben One White believes that he is can't miss and that he is essentially a combination of Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes. I don't oh, go that stop far. It. No, I think he's. I, I think he can miss, but I think it's going to be a mental thing where you know I don't know how many coaches have really gotten in his face and and demanded him to to to, to be more to do more. And he's got a dad that hovers over him. He's got a helicopter dad, and that's a that's a concern. I'm not sure how many times dad has had a, a come to Jesus moment talk with Caleb. So I don't know that physically or or quarterback wise that he can uh, uh, can can miss. But I think you know if he uh, gets caught if. If he gets put with the wrong, with the wrong coach, and the coach starts asking him to do things that's never been asked of him, and I think there could be some pushback, and I think that could that could hurt him uh, dramatically. Do the Bears have to take him, Kev, or do you trade that pick and, and try to get a haul for it? I get a I get a haul. Well, I take uh, look the safe pick for the GM is no one's going to look back in ten years and go, man, why'd you take that dude? So take him, yeah. unless the haul is just unbelievable, and the haul includes. One of those other guys, whether it includes Daniels or May, then you know a couple picks down, then I can say, okay, then I made the right pick. I got myself another first rounder, some second rounders, whatever I happen to get. But yeah, uh, if you just take just take him and, and don't look back. All right, Kev. As always, we very much, very much appreciate it. Kev. You stay safe out of there and enjoy the beach volleyball or whatever you're going to be doing. <laughs> thanks guys always good to talk to you i miss you guys we'll talk soon miss you too all right that's too. the great kevin woodman all right now we're going to come back we're going to get back into some u of a basketball and we're going to prep the scene for the great bruce pasco to come on we also have some very good bruce audio that you might have missed from last week you're listening to spears and ali on espn tucson i wonder if you're volunteering to put the chip into your brain from elon musk how much are you getting paid so this is like the beginning of skynet all of a sudden justin spears are like you will punch andrew in the face andrew i'm sorry i don't know why i punched you in the face i wasn't even controlling my hand which is the excuse i gave to my little brothers all the time it's like guys i don't know where that came from wake up with spears and ali weekday morning seven to nine on 1490 a.m 94.9 hd4 espn tucson brought to you by tucson federal credit union the volpe team at nova home loans and rightway heating cooling and plumbing Listen to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. 1490-949, Channel 4 on your HD dial. All right, let's get back to a little bit of Arizona basketball. Arizona took care of business, obviously, against the uh, ASU or against ASU. But now you got Oregon coming in this uh, you got Oregon coming in tomorrow. Um that's a, a night that's an early game. Very excited about that early game. Yeah. Uh, very much like noon games as opposed to uh, 9.30 tip-offs. Um, yes. but, but listen, Arizona should absolutely take care of business against Oregon. And like I said, I'm at the stage with Arizona where, it to me, it's more about what Arizona does. Uh, Oregon, you know, should be better than they are. They're not very good. Um, and, you know, like I said, Arizona across the board is pretty much better. I... The only thing I can't happen or we can't have happened is a slip up because Arizona's yeah. played really good ball the last couple games and against uh, ASU obviously it was a um, against ASU uh, obviously Arizona had a uh, especially down the stretch really put them away. I need the same thing against Oregon, Ben. Yeah, I mean you're at a point in the year where you know with the way everything has happened for Arizona basketball, the the highs and lows, the ups and downs. I mean you really need to win out here because. 
You don't want to start gambling with that number one seed. You really don't want to start gambling with where you're going to be from a region standpoint. You want to stay in the West. And um, quite honestly, if if Arizona drops, you know, a couple of games here or two or even in the Pac-12 tournament, I'm sorry, man. I'm not going to take them seriously in, in March Madness. I mean, because you're at a point in the year where you have everybody healthy, obviously. Things are clicking. Boswell has had his ups and downs. You've had enough time to figure out some of these challenges and these issues. And if you don't beat an Oregon team that, to your point, isn't very good, they've had some injuries themselves, um, I'm sorry, man. we got bigger problems if you can't beat Oregon. Yeah, you should be able to beat Oregon. Not only should you be able to beat Oregon, you're at home. It's your last home game of the season. It's going to be senior night. You should yep. be able to beat Oregon. And you know what? If you can't beat Oregon, then you know that's a bigger problem. My whole thing with Tommy Lloyd's teams is just being able to bring it every single game. And if you can bring it every single game, you're going to be in really good shape. Because, again, the talent is there. They're a cohesive bunch. It's a good group of guys. And more so than anything, it's also a coach that clearly has a you know a very good leadership structure in place. This is, like I said, this is, this is a team that should be able to, or this is a squad that should be able able to take care of business against an Oregon team that just isn't that good, which is basically speaks for the entire conference. And not only should they be able to beat Oregon, they should be able to beat the LA schools going forward as well. There. I mean, these are, you know, it's not like you've got the gauntlet where you're playing Kansas, you know, uh, Kansas, Iowa State, and, uh, you know, whatever Big 12 team it is where you're like, all right, well, if we can just go two and one here, we'll be good. These are, these are kind of crummy teams. Arizona should be able to smoke these teams if arizona loses i'm sorry with the way things happened last night against washington and we've obviously all watched the the mick cronin circus this year but if arizona loses to this ucla team that is embarrassing it really is is. at this point and let's make fun of mick cronin for a few minutes um uh he deserves to be made fun of. He deserves to be mocked and ridiculed um, because he stinks. Um, but there's just there's some people in life that just make life more difficult than it needs to be. You're the coach yes. at UCLA, dude. You don't need to. Uh, why are you acting like this? Um, like, like he goes out. Coach. His pressers are absolutely astounding. He goes out there and he calls his players idiots. He says they suck. Well, all right. At some point, dude, that's on you because. You're the one that brought them in. You're yep. the one that uh, is saying that, uh, yeah, you don't, uh, you know, you don't, uh, uh, you don't have good players. Well, who's, dude? You you've only been there five years. I mean, it's you know, at some point, that's on you. People right. like that that never take accountability for anything are very annoying. And Mick Cronin is the epitome of never uh, taking or taking everything for granted. Boo, boo, boo. No thanks on Mick Cronin. Yeah, and you wonder how long he really is going going to be staying there because at this point he's he's overdone his welcome. Um, they've had some really talented classes. I thought coming in, you know, you went from Steve Alford, which was kind of a very soft guy, a very loose approach, and the fact that you've had all these talented players and you you came up short in the tournament every single year. What that 2016, 2017 team with Ball and Leaf and all those guys, we had like four first round picks, right? right. Something like that. Right. And, you like make the round of 32. Yeah, okay. exactly. And I mean, Hamid Hawkes and a number of different guys have come across under Cronin, but again, like there there has been an element of okay, that only gets you. So 
so far, man, if you can bring in these players, but if they don't want to play for you, if there's coaching issues, right, we're going to have a problem. And I think with him, you come from a program like Cincinnati, and Sean Miller's kind of like this. I'm not comparing the two, but kind of like this in the sense that I think you want to slow it down. Um, you want to play maybe a different style of basketball than, than UCLA, UCLA is playing. And I just thought that when he was hired, it was just a very weird fit from the beginning, Mike Luke. Did you think the same? Yeah, I thought it was a weird fit as well, like just because, again, he's a good coach, but again, he's kind of that really that hard edge, yeah. you know, like he feels like he's much, uh, he feels like he's much better hard edge, another Rich Rod term. <laughs> it feels like he would be much better, though, at kind of a, well, basically where he came from, like a Cincinnati, yeah, some, kind of like, yeah. some kind of like Rust Belt area school or something where, you know, like everybody, like half the city is employed by a coal mine or something like that's where he feels that he that's where it feels like he should be you know that he should be coaching at not necessarily like you know in he's LA not, and, he's, and he's not Rick Pitino too you don't get to talk like that man like there's a Dude, difference you don't get to talk it's just like I said it's just wild the you know some of the stuff that he says and I'm also amazed that the administration at some point has not come down on him and be like dude you can't say that like um we used to have a guy in sales at uh uh uh, another station who would text me in the middle of a show. And he's like, you can't say that. And, uh, you know, that's kind of like what, uh, you know, that's kind of like what it was with, uh, with Mick Cronin though, where it's like, you're watching these pressers and you're like, what the heck is this? Like, yeah. it just, it's just, dude, it's just awful. It's not good. It's bad. Uh, and also I have no clue how Mick Cronin is able to uh, recruit basketball players. Why in the world would a parent send their kid to play for somebody who is going to call your kid an idiot, say that he sucks. Um, <laughs> he, if he had better players, he would never put him out there. There's no reason to send him there. I, the, the, the Mick Cronin thing to me is just baffling. Hot take here. So they have Washington State on Saturday. They have Arizona. Then they have ASU. Imagine if they lose out and then, like, lose the first game of the Pac-12 tournament. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. And then, But here's the question, then. They should have something called the Mick Cronin blame game. Like, after every game, you kind of, like, start taking, like, inventory on, all right, who's Mick Cronin going to blame uh, for this game? Um, and not only is who Mick Cronin going to blame, but what is the specific, uh, you know, the specific route he is going to take to blaming him? That we should, we should, we should see. go, we should go to one of the pressers in the, in Vegas after they lose and just say, so coach, whose fault was it today? Yes, dude, we will do we, that. We, that if, is... if Justin's going, we should send Justin to do that. Oh no, we will do it because we, we, we must preserve Justin Spears at all costs. Yeah, that's true. Um, we, we don't need the target on it. We back. will he, take, you know, listen, we will be the, uh, we will be the bulletproof armor. We'll take, for we'll Justin take the Spears. bullet for this one. Yeah, we will be the bulletproof armor for Justin Spears. But yes, that is a great idea. After a loss, say coach, whose fault was it this game? And then say, <laughs> just say it, just say it exactly like that. Neutral, unbiased. Like you genuinely want to know coach. I have no coach. Or say something, I'm, coach. I'm sure I wasn't the, able I'm to sure check. The use, I wasn't able to check it out, but you know, who, whose fault was it this time? Well, why do you? Because you know, you always say it's somebody's fault. So I'm just trying to get an idea. Coach, you, you clearly it? had nothing to do with this loss. So who can we blame this loss on? Who is the who is the issue at play? That would be a great thing Gosh, to say. Gosh, the UCLA SID would love you after that. My God, well, I mean, I don't care if you're going to work for the US. <laughs> I don't know. Cronin would be blowing him up. Who the oh, hell is yeah, that? Oh yeah, no, that would be. Why did they that, ask that? <laughs> that would be no. That would be a lot of fun. Maybe we will do that. By the way, Ben. Uh, so what time? Uh, do you? Uh, what time? What day or what? What day? What time <laughs> are you getting into Vegas? 
uh, 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. All right. Well, I'm going to be getting in there about 4 o'clock. Very much looking forward to this. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get to hang out with uh, Ollie and uh, Paul Volpe on uh, Thursday. I'm very excited about this. They, and Bruce the cool, the cool kids invited the outcasts over to the lunch table. Very excited about this. Uh, yep. But uh, – as far as uh, as far as uh, UCLA goes, you know that's another reason too that I'm just done with this conference because UCLA, like I said, that used to be the rivalry. UCLA used to be really really good. UCLA is not good anymore. Not only is UCLA not good, they stink. Um, and that's you know that's kind of where I'm at with uh, with UCLA. And again, the fan base, it's not really a a, yeah. a passionate fan base. It's not an energetic fan base. I mean, you know, there's just not. You know, like the rivalries that we were looking at, you know, that, you know, that I grew up with where it was Arizona, it was UCLA. I mean, those things are all gone. So, like, when people yeah. talk about, you know, like the, you know, like the death of the uh, the Pac-12 or, you know, whatever the case may be, the, it, it died a long time ago. It and did. not only yeah. did it die a long time ago, um, it was basically a slow death as well. Right. I, you, know, you know, at this stage, at this stage of the game. You know, I don't really have a lot of uh, emotions about it because I was ready to move on again. Um, yep. This is if this was something like it was in like 1997, where you had these historic, uh, you know, uh, fan bases, franchises, et cetera, et cetera. I'd be totally cool with it. But now, like nobody outside of Arizona really cares about this conference and there isn't really a passionate following. So, you know, it, it's kind of a school or a, a conference with names. But outside yeah. of that, Ben One White, there was really there's really no, nothing else, and I think that's kind of what's you know a little bit disturbing about it, and honestly, something that I think is you know an Arizona fan, um, I'm excited for an, I'm excited for a new chapter. I'm excited to see Arizona against uh, you know uh, can or uh, uh, Kansas. I'm excited to see Arizona against Houston. I'm excited to see Arizona against Iowa State, Baylor. mainly because they have fan bases that actually care about sports, as whereas you know the Pac-12. Those days are gone. I don't know who's to blame for it, but either way, those days are gone. Yeah, quality is everything. You know, Arizona's going to lose more games in the regular season, but it's going to be well worth it because it is going to be entertaining, and uh, you never know what's going to happen. But perhaps maybe Bruce Pascoe has some thoughts on that. Yeah, that's a very good idea. That's called a tease. All right, everybody, come back with us. You are listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. So, Ali, last night you were at McHale Center. Yeah. Um, I was at the Spears headquarters. Dave and Buster's. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> His back cave is Kane's. I'm a, on a first-name basis with my, my Raising Kane's people. Like Norm for Kane. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I walk in, Spears! <laughs> Wake up with Spears and Ali. Weekday morning, 7 to 9 on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD4 ESPN Tucson. Brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union, the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans, and Rightway Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. You're listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson, 1490, 94.9 Channel 4 on your HD dial. I am Mike Luke, fortunate to be filling in for Justin Spears, Ben White filling in for Ollie Farhang, and Andrew Trujillo just being Andrew Trujillo. Now, a man that needs no introduction, but we will give him one just out of courtesy, the great, and when I say great, I mean the great Bruce Pascoe. Hello, Bruce Pascoe. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Not too, not too bad, Bruce. So, 
We're going to run the gauntlet here. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Arizona basketball. But first, we're going to talk a little bit of just kind of the Arizona athletic department, where we're at at this stage and just kind of what everybody's looking at. Um, I wanted to play a little bit. I wanted to play a short clip from, uh, you know, just kind of a back and forth with you and uh, uh, President Robbins, just about kind of, you know, where the current status is of the U of A athletic department. If we could get that clip, Andrew, that'd be great. Hi, uh, Bruce Pascoe, Arizona Daily Star. I guess this is kind of for both of you, but I'm wondering, I think, it, uh, Dr. Robbins, you said there was a $30 million in philanthropy last year, and I guess I was wondering, what is your what is your goal for that number to get to, and does the extra donor funds for these two contracts come out, potentially come out of that $30 million? Do you expect it to grow? Um, you know, what, what is that, especially considering the, the, the current situation? Yeah, Bruce, I'm not familiar with the $30 million you're talking about. Can you clarify? You were quoted on it in our, I think, faculty senate, according to... A, oh, uh, there's a $30 million deficit in the so, Department of Athletics. No, it was the philanthropy as part of your revenues for uh, fiscal 22, I believe. Well, I don't, I don't remember the quote, but you've obviously got it. Uh, I, I think what I probably said, Bruce, is that because we have a $30 million deficit in the Department of Athletics, we need to grow revenue. One way that that works is increasing philanthropy. And so, uh, you know, a $30 million goal for philanthropy. We have the, the data on our fundraising compared to our Big 12 peers that we're going to be transitioning into in July. So I think a $30 million a year uh, goal will be uh, will be a good one to have, but I'm going to let the boss, you know, uh, say what she thinks the goal should be. She may think it's 50. I don't I don't know, but but I think that's the context of which I uh, made the comment about yeah. 30 million. Yeah, I just have, I have an older one of the NCAA reports, and I think it was 20 million back a few years ago. So I assumed it maybe went up, and I was just wondering, you know, do you do you kind of think maybe it could even get to 40 or 50? in the next few years, or what, what are the, you know, did the goals get even bigger? Yeah, well, again, I'll, I'll let Desiree uh, make a comment specifically around athletics. I can tell you that we have a $3 billion goal that, as I said before, I am confident we're going to exceed. Athletics is a big part of that. Uh, we've already had tremendous support from our donors uh, uh, to support the athletics programs, and, uh, and I think it will continue to grow especially under Desiree's leadership. All right. All right, Bruce, you asked the questions, obviously, that uh, very few will really ask. Um, where are we at? Where, where do you think we're at with all of this? You know, after that, you know, the kind of that back and forth of Robbins, where we're at, you know, the Stars got some latest reporting about that. Where are we kind of at just, where, you know, the U of A athletic department, in your opinion, you know, financially? Well, I think that I think that was just a miscommunication there because, uh, I mean, $30 million are, are both of those things. What I was asking is that, he has said that of, of roughly 100 million, even though it's more than that in their budget, that 30 million of it uh, was from philanthropy. And he's also said that they are running about a $30 annual deficit. So I think there's a little confusion there, and that's kind of where we're at, honestly, <laughs> or where they're at. Right. I mean, yeah, they're at that. They've been running that. It, it, it's very confusing, and I think that uh, you know. It hasn't been crystal clear exactly where they're at because they've they said there was 55 million in loans during the COVID year and then it was up to 86 and like is this 30 million they're talking about on an annual is that is that how we got from 55 or whatever or is that on top of the 86 
I don't know, and they haven't clarified that. Um, but obviously, the you know the direction for them is very troubling. They're they're in a lot of debt. They're they're soaking it up. It's not unusual. A lot of colleges around the country are subsidizing their athletics. This college sports is in a in a in a really strange place right now. Or you know, and um, it's not unusual. But on top of it, at Arizona, it's it's probably a little more alarming because of their school wide issues. And so it it, it seems like you know that that they've they've you know continued talked about athletics being part of the problem which it which it is but there's other problems too so you know whatever however you want to get there the bottom line is that um they're you know they made a hire in in an athletic director that's that's got a proven fundraising background and that that's her mission i mean i think you know the they've got you know uh robert robbins set up the he hired the football coach he gave, gave an extension to tommy lloyd you know they appear to be you know for the most part okay competitively but they need to get money that's what they need to do right now they the programs are, are fine you know they need money that's, that's 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 where they're at yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at too and i think the problem is it's a little bit troubling is that you know you got athletic departments that are running, you know, like you said, that are running deficits, uh, you know, across the country. But I think the issue, yeah. though, is that it's not just with Arizona. It's not just confined to the athletic department. It, this is basically a school-wide thing. And that's where, you know, that's where I think it's kind of different than the, uh, um, you know, than just like any program that's just struggling a little bit with the athletic uh, part as far as revenue. My question is, you've been you've been doing this a long time, Bruce. Have you ever seen anything like this from a, a school-wide and a uh, athletic-wide, just basically a revenue shortfall? Not to this scale, but, I mean, everything in college sports is just so magnified now. I mean, you know, when I first got here in the 90s, you know, the, I think Lute Olson was making $650,000 or something. And Tommy Lloyd's making, you know, he's going to make 5.25 million next year. And that's just one example. Uh, and, and that's market. I mean, that's, that's the market. They're not paying Tommy Lloyd any more than the market is demanding, really. It, it's just that things have changed. And, you know, I, it, it, there's no, there's no cap. There's no salary cap in, in college sports. So, so schools are trying to get on top of each other, and they're racing a little faster than the media rights monies are rising, and that's that's what's happening. There, you know, it's just not it's it's not a, a balanced thing anymore. And you know, now it's it's almost like uh, you know a couple handfuls of schools that are making money, and a lot of schools are running a deficit. And you know, like we say, it's, it's uh, you know, like you said, at Arizona, they've they've got other problems, and they're. They're, uh, you know, and, and athletics is part of it. So they're, they're, you know, they sort of brought attention to that as a, as a thing. But it, it, it is happening elsewhere. It's just, again, Arizona has a lot of things going on right now. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big issue. All right, Bruce, let's shift the conversation to on the court with Arizona basketball. Obviously, it's been a very up and down regular season. Arizona probably losing some games they shouldn't lose to Stanford, Oregon State. All that stuff comes to mind. But with all that being said, they played really well against ASU. Kylan Boswell had a, a big bounce back game that I think was needed. What have you made of this team and, you know, what should we be looking for here in the final stretch of the regular season? Well, I think I think um, you know I think by and large they're they're kind of doing what you want to see at this point. They really haven't had a bad loss. I don't you know even losing at home, yeah, that's bad. But Washington State's 
a really tough matchup for them and, and a pretty good team overall. So I don't think that really hurts them. They, they did have some bad ones. When you compare them to others in that top four or five, they, they really do have a couple of losses that, that those teams don't have. So that might knock them down to a number two seed. But I think in general, um, they, you know, they're coming together. They've shown they, they, they can play different ways and be successful. And, you know, I think that's, that's the key because you, you know, you kind of look at Arizona and the postseason in the last two years, and they've they've had tough matchups, um, you know, and and haven't been able to deal with them. I mean, even you know, when you go back to even uh, TCU taking them to overtime, and then uh, Houston knocking them completely out in in, in Sweet 16 a couple of years ago, and then last year uh, Princeton, of course, playing a different style, and they just they, they couldn't adjust. Granted, they had. Um, some injury issues and other things, but I think this team is a little more versatile and, and showing that, uh, you know, and the stretch run here and, 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 uh, you know, having different ways to score different guys to score. And then having Caleb Love as that wild card who, who can go off for 36 or whatever he had at Oregon and, and, uh, you know, but also be a, you know, complimentary guy if the shots aren't there and he's been a little more efficient and that's, that's been a big key as well. So, so, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I think if I were, you know, an Arizona fan, I would feel a lot better about this team than, than maybe even the last two because of uh, the way they can do it. All right, Bruce, can we can we steal you for like uh, for one last segment, Bruce Pascoe? Is this OK? Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't want to bore you all, but sure. Yeah. No, 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 Bruce. Bruce, 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 this is humble Bruce. We need uh, Bruce. We're going to come right back with you. We're also going to talk about our plans for Vegas because we plan on hanging out with Bruce Pascoe a little bit, uh, Ben White and myself. Come back with us. You're listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. Okay, so that's not how you play golf. That's exactly how you play golf. So you can't say my best round is a 93, but I gave myself a couple of strokes. Why do you keep trying to deceive me? Always get on me for diminishing people. Yeah, I shot a 93. I was dialed in. I felt really good. Yeah, but you got two mulligans, so... Exactly. No. (laughs) Wake up with Spears and Ali. Weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD4 ESPN Tucson. Brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union, the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans, and Rightway Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. You're listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson, 1490, 94.9 Channel 4 on your HD dial. We have ta- we have run through the gauntlet. We have talked about Wendy's raising their price for surge prices. We have not talked Del Taco, um, but we were about to. Uh, Bruce, real quick, did you know there's a 24-hour Del Taco in Phoenix? Did you hit this Del Taco on your way back from uh, uh, Desert Financial uh, uh, Arena? Uh, I the next day i went to in and out burger after the game that's sort of like okay you know, but you did get to del taco the next like, day yeah yeah they had a uh they had a lead day special so i couldn't resist it was like nice, a two-for-one nice. deal you know all right bruce uh bigger fish um so, so ben and again, i are going to be getting in wednesday all, but that's that's the truth no 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 they're not boring us bet all right ben and i are going to be getting in wednesday uh what day is bruce pasco getting into the uh nc or the uh, pac-12 tournament um, probably Tuesday night because typically, you know, if Arizona gets that number one seed and that's still up in the air, but if they get it, um, then they play in that first game at noon on Thursday. Or, and so their, their opponent's going to be playing at noon on Wednesday. So I need to be there to cover that game basically and write about that team. So I, usually it's too risky to come up Wednesday morning. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Way, way too risky. We should uh, now, uh, Bruce. Um, uh, we are we going to be able to hang out in Las Vegas or Las Vegas? That is, uh, that's really why I was asking this, Bruce. I know you're going to have a little bit of time that we can hang out. Come on. You have a lot of free time. Well, it'd be we fun. Know. I mean, it's, it'd be <laughs> fun. I think you know, there's been a couple of times. It's just the Pac-12 tournament is just super intense, and you know. Uh, because there's no in, there's no days in between, you know. Like NCAA tournament, you have that day in between. There's there's all the availability and everything, but you know, you're usually done in time for dinner. But Pac-12 tournament, it's you're there at lunch, you're there at dinner, you're you're exhausted at the end of the day, and then and Friday, you know, if if the team you're covering is there Friday and Saturday, it's 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 easier because those games are just at night, so you have that day free, and you can. Maybe stay up a little bit later, but that's the problem. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are, are just super intense days, but hopefully uh, hopefully after that. All right, so basically we're going to be able to hang out at some point, and you're saying probably Friday would be the best day to hang out, theoretically. Yeah, hopefully, or, you know, it, yeah, we'll see. Who and who knows? I mean, it, it depends. I mean, because, you know, I guess the good thing is, if, if Arizona gets the number one, then you have a situation where the night games, you know, you're usually watching them. I'll be there the whole day usually, but um, but once they're over, then then you're out of there, and and, uh, and again you can you can kind of take it easy a little bit when uh, Friday morning. So Thursday night can be good also. Do you play the tables at all, Bruce? Do you ever do do a little bit of gambling? You know, like you know when uh, you know just kind of let your hair down a little bit. No, not usually. I mean, I lived in Las Vegas for eight years, so that kind of wears off. At sure, least right. for a lot of people, some people can go the other direction; they just they can't get away from it. But uh, you know, I find it's you know, it's it just, you know, just not really that interesting after when you've lived there for a while. And I sort of kind of got out every now and then when I go back, maybe. But it's not really it's not really something I do too much. Bruce, you know, and you learn Vegas. when you live there, too. That there's a reason why there's no income tax in Nevada. And, and you know, that's why. So why would I want to pay somebody else's taxes? Oh, I like it. Bruce, let me ask you this, Bruce. Um, obviously, when it comes to uh, when it comes to. Um, uh, uh, Caleb, when it comes to uh, Caleb Love, is this uh, is this the conference player of the year? Well, I think at this point, you know, if they if they win, I mean, if, if they, certainly if they stumble, um, that'll make it really interesting. If 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 they stumbled and Washington State won it, then I'm not sure what happens there exactly. But uh, but if they win it, I would think so. I mean, you know, the coaches vote on that coach of the year vote. And they they like to reward the best player on the best team, especially if if that player is a senior and is sort of put in dues. Although these days that dues can be put in at any number of schools before they get to wherever they're at in the Pac-12. Um, you know, but yeah, no, he's 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 you know, I don't. It, it's hard to say he's the best player at Arizona, but you know, they're they're again. This is hard. He is. They're so. You know, there there's so many good there's so many good players who can help them in a lot of ways. But he's their top scorer. He's their guy. They, he's the guy they go to in the clutch. They've shown that when they need a shot at the end of the game, they're going to him. So that's the guy. And and if they win the league, he's that guy. He's their he's arguably their best player. Yes, I think he will get it. But but they they have to win the league for that to be sure. If they if they don't, I think it could be a little more interesting. I would agree with that. All right, Bruce. As always, we very much, very much appreciate your time. We're very much looking forward to seeing you in Vegas. How many Untuckets are you going to be bringing with you? I am only bringing two. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, well, yeah. To, to, well, no, you have to plan for 
for the whole tournament. So probably, well, I don't know. I mean, I have other shirts. Maybe Mike, more than but, two. <laughs> maybe, yes. Probably four shirts. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's the way it is. And try and, try and cram it all into a, a, a carry-on so I don't have to check a bag. We'll see. All right, Bruce, we're very excited to see you. But when I see you in Vegas, please do not run for me this time, please. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, well, you saw, you just played a clip of how, how difficult that press conference can be. <laughs> And that, that's the mindset that I came in there with, knowing that, you know, something like that could happen. And it's just, uh, it's, it's, those things are, are really something when, um, you know, when they're introducing somebody and there's like, you know, half of the staff is there and fans are there. I mean, I think there was a regent there. It was just, it was nuts. All right, Bruce. Bruce, we're up against so, a hard again, break. As always, appreciate you, my guy. Do you want Spears and Ali unchained, unfiltered, uncensored? If you like the live show on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 94.9 HD, Channel 4, and the ESPN Tucson mobile app, then you'll love Spears and Ollie Overtime, where we discuss sports, culture, movies. And enough with the gratuitous cussing, Justin. I mean, you don't have to always use words like and and go yourself. It's Spears and Ollie Overtime. Subscribe, rate, and comment on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.